Tonight, on Inappropriate Mysteries of the Jersey Shore, the immortal legend of Dirtfoot. Ah, change it. Change it, change it, change it, change it. Oh, now you're blocking it. Dirtfoot has long been known to be rude, but the biggest secret of Dirtfoot is that many witnesses claim him to be gay. Whoa! A little light in the loafer. The only known photo of him is at this gay pride parade. He's totally gay. Hey, don't look at me. I don't have the same problem that Jesus has with it. I don't hate you people. We're cool, as long as you don't try to convert me. And I'm locking my bedroom door from now on, I can tell you that. Holy wow! Son of a bitch! Morning, everybody. At least, again, it's morning for us, because we are again Almost recording this Sunday. Sort of. <laughs> well, you've been up for a little while. Par usual, oh, yeah. I've only been up for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, um... Mostly, I was just lazy this week and didn't book a guest. And the other thing is, I've got, I'm so I'm in the re- reading so many books that I haven't had much time to do anything else, except for go through and pull weird links up. So, um, yes, and, and I'm beginning to book interviews, but um, I need to get something out of the way real quick before I forget about it. Um, this last week, Soraya over at Where Did the Road Go had his ass handed to him by a Noah's Nature. Ark biblical like flood <laughs> it just came out of nowhere he took on his whole area took on six inches of rain i think in like an hour or something like that it was something like six inches and it was like instantaneously come down and he got his ass rocked so we never ask for money on this show we never i mean that at most we'll say hey go give us a, a rating on itunes or something like that we never promote our patreon but um, if anybody out there that listens to the show and listens to where the road go, if you guys can give Soraya any kind of help whatsoever, in any way, shape or form, we would greatly appreciate it. And Soraya would as well, because he lost a lot. His computer store flooded, his basement flooded. I think he lost his hot water heater, his furnace, his washer and dryer. Um, he lost a lot of stuff. Yeah, he got he got macked pretty bad. Like when he took me out, when I was out there for where did the road go? Uh, a few months ago in the spring, he took me to all these different waterfalls that were really cool and really nice and placid. And then this last week, they just turned into torrent rivers of death and hell with like massive waterfalls and shit. It, he got messed up really bad. So, um, yeah, if you're out there and you're hearing this and, and you're a friend of Soraya, you listen to Word of the Road Go, find his Patreon uh, or find his PayPal or whatever. Just just if you could send him anything, that would be greatly appreciated because he he damn near lost a lot. He lost a lot. I don't want to say he lost everything, but he lost like his roof got messed up. He's hurting. Yeah, he's hurting bad. And, you know, we love the guy and he sponsors. He doesn't sponsor us, but he takes care of us and he promotes our show. And we've had him on as a guest and we've been a guest on his show. And, you know, he's just a really cool guy. And, and we care about other people and other podcasts. And he's definitely part of our family. So having said all of that, moving on. Yes, I am drinking the coffee that Aaron and his wife sent me. Um, they sent us both. Aaron and Jamie? Um, yeah, Jamie. Why did I why am I slipping up? Sorry, Jamie. I have no idea. <laughs> Again, it's morning. This is gonna be just like last episode, but you people will actually hear me waking up as the show goes along. I'm a little bit better today. But um I'm drinking this. They sent us bags of Bigfoot coffee. Yep. And uh it's got like a big picture of Bigfoot on, on the front of it. It's actually whole bean coffee. And this works out pretty well because um I'm out of Death Wish now. I have some Odin blend left, but I really don't like the Odin blend Death Wish coffee as much as Death Wish. So this showed up at the perfect time, and it's whole bean coffee. I've never had whole bean coffee. I do have a grinder. What? 
Yeah, I've never, never had whole bean coffee. I've never had to grind my own coffee. What I do have a grinder. Savage are you? I, I, I live in southern that doesn't Detroit, mean anything. Michigan. Um, that doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, but I, I got to use my coffee Dude, grinder. My knuckle awesome. dragging friends grind their own coffee. Well, I I don't know. I'm I'm weird. But anyhow, um, so I did <laughs> it. But I've never ground my own coffee before. So I'm grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding oh, and grinding and grinding. You made dust, didn't you? I, I did. I made Holy like an espresso God. kind of dust thing. And, That's uh, good. You get more of it. I mean, yeah, you get more I, I get flavor more from it. And more caffeine, which is going to give me a stroke. Yeah, um, but it's okay. It's not bad. I, I honestly prefer it iced rather than hot. So I'm drinking it right now. I, I am. I, I put large amounts of Splenda in my coffee and vanilla cream in my coffee. So it's, you know. Splenda? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Why well, are you using that? Because diabetes. Oh. <laughs> the joke returns again. Diabetes. <laughs> it's weird. All of these old jokes and memes are, are again becoming relevant again because it turns out there's a lot of people out there that – have recently joined the Facebook page or that we I've mailed out thumb drives of the old show to people. Hey, can I th- send you a thumb drive? Yes. It's like 18 gigs or whatever. And I'll, I'll give you all the old episodes. So all these people are going back and listening to our old back catalog from when we were on the old server. So all these people are like dropping little jokes and memes all over the place now. That all old were, stuff. Yeah. We're once relevant from back in the day, like Equian and stuff like that. Oh God. And uh, boy, did I catch hell for last week's opening. Did you listen to last week's show? No. Okay, don't. (laughs) There's that stupid baby shark song going around. I know you heard it. You you, you Um, haven't? uh, Shark do 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 do. Yeah, dude, I have kids. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I know. And a lot of our listeners have kids. And uh, everybody kept sending me this stupid song. Mommy shark. Yeah. Aaron was sending it to me. Lisa and me have a joke going back. All kinds of different people in the Project Archivist community. And on Facebook have all been messaging me. You're making jokes about this stupid. I'm still getting them as of nine o'clock last night. People were still smoking crack. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to drop that. Anyways, um, I know there's more that I got to say, but we'll get to it later. Let's get to some link reading. Um, Also. Hi, Edu. Um, I can't. That's how his name is pronounced. I don't know. He joined our Facebook page and is a longtime listener. He found us through his own nightmare. Sorry. Yeah. I got to get back and start gaming with Joe again. All right. Do you want to read the first one or do you want me to read it? Dork. I don't know, dude. It's about Christians, so maybe I should steer yeah, clear of it. This week's biblical <laughs> jackass. Okay. Well, since since Bigfoot porn apparently seems to go over really well on this show, because every time we do an episode regarding Bigfoot porn, it gets tweeted. Oh. Um, and biblical jackass is a thing here. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, biblical just, jackass is when people take religion and do just ridiculous things with it. So moving on, we're going to move on to the next greatest plateau of biblical jackass. New Christian leaders are telling followers that Bigfoot is real and spawned by the devil. Of course. Sign this of, is old, actually. This theory is old, but yeah. It's anything that doesn't fit into the normal paradigm is considered demonic at this point anything it, it, just it's, for just as a caveat i like christians they're delicious <laughs> what are you a lion <laughs> <laughs> anyway so um <laughs> again i have not pre-read any of this as per usual we have of not pre-read any of these things which is what makes the ramble cast so magical former family research council f- uh, fellow tim daly was on Janet Mefford's Mefford's Christian radio show where she discussed Bigfoot. That is an incredibly long sentence that I had to read slowly because, hey, I'm dyslexic. 
and they decided that the mythical creature was created by the devil. Okay, if it's a mythical creature, that means it's mythical and does not exist. So therefore, if it doesn't exist, something couldn't have created it for it to exist. Oh, chill. Australia is make-believe, remember? Yes. So there's that. Uh, On the show, Mefford brought up the Bigfoot question, asking daily how Christians should approach it. You don't. It's a mythical creature. Uh, Daly made sure to note that unlike the paranormal sightings, Bigfoot is probably real. He referred to the many, many reliable observers who reported seeing Bigfoot, but he said that there was a lack of evidence that the creature exists. So therefore, the devil couldn't have created it, which is an oxymoron for what you're talking about right now. It's real. It's a projection. It's a demonic virtual reality. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a projection. It's Project Blu-ray. It's a demonic virtual reality. Blue beam. But it's not nuts and bolts. No, it's not. And this flesh and blood creature. <laughs> I can hardly read well, this. It's better this than the it's better than the original theory that it was descendants of Cain. Uh. So that's another one, yes. Mefford asked why there aren't any credible photographs of Bigfoot if it's real. Well, there's the uh, what's the gable thumb? So um, pictures of Jesus. The, the, <laughs> God's like, don't drag me into this. <laughs> You're reaching here, man. The vast majority of pictures My. of parentheses happened in the end of the night, and you wonder, why is this? And then you remember that the biblical verse about the powers of darkness that love darkness rather than light, Daly said. He was probably referring to John 3.20, it's actually 11.06 right now a.m., which says everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Mufford agreed that's how the devil operates, just like UFOs and alien abductions. There it is. I was waiting for it. <laughs> mm. uh, then she raised an important question. Why is the devil sending a creature like Bigfoot to do dot, dot, dot? I'm not just kidding. Nothing particularly harmful. That doesn't make – okay, let's see what she has to say. Daly responded, it's part of the devil's modus operandi. I can say that word, yes. Wow, you spit that <laughs> I, out. I'm good. Yeah, it's the coffee. He has always Probably. used this kind of phenomena to – wait a minute, I'm drinking Bigfoot coffee. This coffee is of the devil. Uh-oh. Once again – <laughs> <laughs> kind of phenomena to, once again, destabilize, to engender fear, which, okay, Bigfoot engenders a lot of fear, to open us up to the possibilities of other realities and other beings that when we begin, we begin getting involved with demonic spirits. So, yeah, all through history, there have been many, many different varieties, many, many is used a couple of times here, of beings that are primarily spiritual beings that have terrorized citizens and people in non-Christian cultures are very aware of this. Uh, one would think that the evil would have better ways to terrorize Americans and to appear in some grainy photographs, but apparently this is the best that Satan can do. Yeah, Satan really needs to up Technologically his game. advanced, known as the Morning Star. What? Can't do this. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. I am in your photo being fuzzy. Okay, Um, why don't you take us to, this is a short article. Take us to uh, the city of Springfield. No, not the one from The Simpsons. Springfieldnews.com. Go ahead. Go ahead and read it. A Ouija board argument prompted domestic violence. Springfield police say an argument over a Ouija board or an Ouija board. Yeah. (laughs) Caused a man to throw a DVD case at a woman's head, according to Springfield police. This is what we're causing, calling domestic violence. I whip shit at my wife all the time. Wait, was that out loud? (laughs) Uh, Yes. She throws it back, usually attacks me first. Oh, now you're backtracking. Very political of you. 
People higher up in the government do it constantly. I'm just a peon. Police began their investigation on Wednesday at around 9.45 a.m. when a woman said the father of her two children, her baby daddy, started an argument after he found out she was she allowed her brother to take a Ouija board, according to Springfield Police. That sentence doesn't make sense. No. Was, was it his Ouija board that she exactly. took? Exactly, yes. Oh, okay. Again, we don't during pre-read the argument, these. During the argument, in brackets, the man grabbed an empty DVD case and threw it at, in parentheses, her striking her on the chin and causing a minor cut and bruising to her chin with a DVD kit. I think they're really trying to be gender neutral here because why would you want to put the man and her in brackets? More formal charges have been filed against the man and he had not been arrested according to police and court records. He also accused is also accused of throwing a phone against the wall and shattering the glass and taking the woman's car. All right. Well, now we got something. The woman's the whole incident occurred while both their small children were in the living room with them. The report says, "See, that's wrong. If you're gonna you're gonna have fights, do it outside of the realm of the kids." The article also doesn't go on to say that that's the it. children's it heads began ends. spinning and spilling out green pea soup. Dude, the article just ends. Yes, that's it. I know. I know. It's, it just it's, wow. Hey, it involved Ouija board and domestic violence. So I said, "Hey, this is a catch," which is actually perfect. like it, it's perfect filler for absolutely nothing. There was no. Yeah. No nutritional value in that story whatsoever. Unlike the next story. Unlike the next story, which is, uh, this is from www.spa.com. And it's just been all over the place. And it, of course, was sent to me 9 million times because I am an aficionado of this particular form of food. Thieves steal truck filled with $98,000 worth of ramen noodles. Potheads everywhere. Regret. Uh, Fayette County, Georgia. Police in Georgia are looking for some crooks who made off with nearly $100,000 worth of ramen noodles. Dude, that's a lot of ramen noodles. That is a ton. Because you think about it. Some Well, you used to be able to buy them. 25 four, cents a pack. Yeah, so you can get four packs for a dollar, unless they're the high-grade ones, which I have a bad habit high of eating grade. ones. Yeah, there's there's a higher one where it's like um Yeah, you know where you get high grade ramen? At a ramen restaurant. I know these are a step below a ramen <laughs> restaurant. I but then a again step? Well no, after Chuck took me to the ramen restaurant last year in Cincinnati, my life has been forever changed because it is now unfulfilled because I am not able to make ramen equal uh, to the level that was made at that Chinese restaurant. We have two of them here. We finally got a couple around here, but I just haven't had time to go to get them. So, but the ones that I buy are usually like a higher grade ones. They they've got like the extra. They're like I don't know four bucks a pack or something like that. Mm. And then here's me adding the egg and chopping up little onions and throwing mushrooms scallions? in there. And, yeah, scallions and stuff like that. Anyways, we're we're way departing here. There's potheads that are crying right now. Deputies in Fayette County, Fayette Fayette County, say the thieves stole a 53 foot. Trailer packed with noodles about two weeks ago. Fox 5 Atlanta reports the <laughs> fake news. Uh, the theft is just one of a string of thefts deputies believe are related. NBC affiliate WXIA. How is that pronounced? WSIA? WSHA? Whatever. Uh, did the math and to see exactly how many packs of ramen the thieves made off with. The driver of a truck estimated they were $98,000 worth of noodles on the back, which I've stated a couple of times now. A 48 pack of ramen at Sam's Club cost $9. That means, oh boy, 520,000 packs of ramen noodles were stolen. You didn't think I'd be able to read that number, did you? And crickets. So, uh, WXIA reports no arrests have been made so far. What are you going to do with $98,000 of ramen noodles? How do you liquidate that kind of product? So, moving on, we're going to go down to Mexico. And um, 
tacos. <laughs> yeah, special tacos. Now, I not to be all giggity, but I, I am a big fan of tacos and fish tacos in particular. Giggity. I love the little tacos. I love them good. If anybody realized which actually just happened off the air, you would understand <laughs> why we're acting this way. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> So tarantula tacos. I've had I've talked to people that have eaten roasted spiders before, and they say they're similar to eating a soft shelled crab. I, I am a I am known as the crustacean sensation because I'll eat pretty much any kind of shellfish that's out there. I'm not real keen on eating a tarantula taco. So you haven't tried it. Don't I know. don't know. Well, this actually comes from the Detroit News. From what but, I understand, um, you're supposed to try uh, scorpion first. I. I, uh, Not in a lollipop, like in a real scorpion. I have had scorpions in lollipops. I've had crickets. I actually oh, yeah, like chocolate covered crickets. Not in a lollipop. Okay. It's supposed to taste like crayfish. But now what? Okay, dumb question. Since you were the bug and, and nature weirdo expert. Well, I'm not an entomologist. Guy. Let's get that clear. I'm I only play one on television. Okay. Oh. So if you eat these scorpions and these spiders and stuff like that, what happens to the venom on the inside of them and the poison on the inside of them? Does that get killed when you when you cook it or whatever? See, the thing is about... Do they, I know on scorpions, some, they probably remove the stinger. Some venoms and some poisons can be... Well, venom. most venoms and poisons can be broken down with heat. That's not all. Don't. That's not all. The majority of venom can be ingested as long as you don't have an open cut or a sore or a wound in your mouth that's going to transfer that venom into your bloodstream. Like people drink cobra venom and like cobra bile and crap in drinks and stuff like that. It's, it has to get into your bloodstream. Like I'm not saying go out and drink like you know, rattlesnake venom. That's probably a bad <laughs> idea, but things break down differently. The ones that are broken down by way of proteins are the ones that can be heated or, ingested in a proper manner where it won't kill you. The thing about scorpions is there's only a few of them that are really, really deadly that can potentially kill you by being stung by them. The majority of the ones that sting you, if you'll go into anaphylaxis, which is the same way that you would get from like a bee sting if you were allergic to it. I immediately regret asking you to explain all this. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Mexico City safe. restaurant busted <laughs> over protected tarantula tacos. So let's say what? What? You wanted to eat what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Mexico City. Fancy tarantula tacos for a cool $27. Not so fast. For a taco? What? Wait, hold on. Have you ever had foie gras? That's real expensive. Yeah, I'm not into eating goose liver, but go ahead. $27 for taco? Listen. Mexican authorities say Mexico City Market Restaurant recently put the arachnids on its menu and posted a video on Facebook showing a chef torching one until blackened. They do that to get rid of the hairs because they get stuck in your throat and your it's bad. Uh, it's like fiberglass. The only problem, the Mexican red rump tarantula is a protected species. See, they could have eaten a rosy and they would have been fine. The Federal Environment Protection Agency said Tuesday it was alerted to the situation via social media and seized four tarantula corpses that were ready to be served up on tortillas or for our non-speaking, non-Mexican-speaking tortillas. The tarantula tacos were apparently on offer for 500 pesos or 50 times the price of a basic street taco. The restaurant menu also feature other creepy crawlies, such as grasshoppers, worms, and ant eggs, which have a long tradition in Mexican cuisine, and scorpions, which are less common. 
And that's the story. I was telling you earlier, there's a there's a amphibian known as an axolotl that is also um, considered a delicacy there. And they're damn near extinct in the wild. You can get them for, in the aquarium trade, no problem. But in the wild, they're damn near extinct. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to be delicious. I figured that'd be something you'd want to eat. <sighs> no? I would try. No, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I've had rattlesnake, which I actually do very Different. much enjoy. I've I've ate a lot of really strange things. Rattlesnake's They're, good. It's just bony. Well, the, you can you can buy it deboned, and it's coiled up and deboned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the uh, stuff that I had was very much like a, it was very flaky, like a fish. And again, it, it did definitely have a, is a different flavor than fish, man. <laughs> it well, it didn't taste like fish. It had Ooh. it had again the more of a chicken like pork like flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had muskrat, Never alligator. Gator's oh, delicious. Gator's delicious. I love gator. Gator was a lot like pork. Uh, there's a restaurant right around the corner from me that it's a Cajun, a Cajun restaurant that sells uh, gator all the, t- all the time. I don't think I would be imbibing in, in arachnid tacos anytime soon. I would probably I you'd try like a grasshopper one. Worms, eh, ant eggs. Eh. Yeah, eggs are supposed to be delicious. They have a, what is it, nutty? flavor to them scorpions i i, I don't know dude Something, you would eat scorpions i know you would i've had like a few licks off of a scorpion lollipop but i've, I've had chocolate covered crickets or grasshoppers when i was in toronto many years ago and they were kind of spicy they were actually okay they weren't that bad when we were down at jungle Jim's world market there was a guy down there that was uh they were passing out samples of chocolate covered mealworms or something like that mealworms so, were they um, mealworms or were they super worms I don't know. I didn't try them. Everybody looked at it and went, ah, and they ran away. So, <laughs> it's like, whatever, you know. Everybody ran away. And, of course, I get the long article, which is, uh, this is from Journal of the Bazaar. Uh, this is uh, the incest capital of the world, and which is probably, you guessed it, Kentucky. At the far eastern edge of Kentucky, nestled in the Appalachia, resides Letcher County. In spite of its isolation and poverty, approximately 30% of the county's population lives below the poverty line. I almost said property. Shocker. Uh, Letcher County has managed to grow at an impressive rate, with a population of just 9,172 in 1900 to a present-day population of 25,000. However, even if Letcher County tripled and quadrupled to its present population, or its present population, there is still a pretty good chance that virtually all of the county's inhabitants would be related to each other. Thanks Ooh. to one particularly fertile family whose astounding rate of reproduction can put even the friskiest rabbit to shame. Frickliest? <laughs> That's yeah. a word I made up on the spot. I do that a lot. Yeah. Around the, 19, the year 1900, oh my God, don't whistle. It like blows my eardrums out when you <laughs> do that. Uh, I can tell we're using a new version of Skype because my audio levels are all over. So if this sounds like crap when we're recording people, I apologize. I will do my best to make it sound good. Because a Skype, two Skype updates dropped literally before we recorded. Uh, around the year 1900, oh, 1900, I can wow, do this. Maybe you shouldn't drink Bigfoot coffee. Well, that's actually doing, it's doing a pretty good job. Letcher County was the home of a man by the name of Jason L. Webb, who made national headlines for having one of the largest families in the world. According to the newspaper reports of that era, Jason had 19 children, 175 grandchildren, and 100 great-grandchildren. Perhaps even more impressive, his brother, Miles Webb, who had more than 400 direct descendants, of which 255 were grandchildren or great-grandchildren. 
other siblings were equally as fond of doing the horizontal polka, in quotes, as Jason and Miles. Their brother Enoch, that's what it is, Enoch, got that one, had ten children. Another brother named Wiley had seven. And sister Sally had five. Another sister, Mary, (laughs) only had two children. Well, nothing like being an underachiever in that family. Apparently, she was the prudish one of the family. Uh, There's a little article on here, but I'm not going to read it. Uh, At any rate, the Webb's ah, proclivity, proclivity, proclivity. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Procreation. Wow. Proclivity for procreation. I would have gotten the procreation. I can say procreation. Was single-handedly responsible for Letcher County's population growth spurt in the early 20th century. Between 1890 and 1900, 19, I can't say 1900. I keep no. saying 1900. Why am I saying that? Back when we had turkeys, which are known as walking birds. <laughs> Them birds we fly. on our ball because it was the fashion. Uh, the county experienced an impressive 32.5% increase in population with 9,172 people calling Letcher County home. However, by this time, the web clan alone numbered around 12,000. Jesus! Yep. <laughs> in other words, virtually 100% of the county had webs somewhere in the family tree. It's not a tree, that's a wreath. It was called, the town actually was called Innsmouth. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> of course, not every descendant of Jason, Miles, and Enoch uh, remained in Letcher County. Of course not. They already outgrew the boundaries. Many webs can still be found in neighboring Harlan, Perry, and Pike counties. But I'm sure we've probably got listeners of this show that are in this this clan somewhere. Uh, but because of the fact that most of the Letcher County's railroads and highways weren't built until the 1920s and 30s, the vast majority of Webb's room remained close to home. As a result, it's safe to assume that rural Letcher County in Kentucky is an unofficial inbreeding and incest capital of America, if not the entire world. To put that into perspective, the Webb's surname is proportionally more popular in Kentucky than in just about any other state. Findgrave.com. That's a pretty cool website. Find a grave. You have to pay yeah. for it, but it's cool. List graves for 4,030 webs in the state of Kentucky. Kentucky has a total population of, I'm not saying a number 4,413,457. I can't even say 1,900 right now. Uh, by it. comparison, com- yeah, I had to think about as I was saying it. Mm-hmm. By comparison, Colorado, which has a population of big number. 5,305,866. <laughs> uh, yeah, you show off. Uh, if I were a woman, I'd sleep with you for numbers. Okay, only has 608 webs buried there. Only 608. Look at you. You've only got 608 webs. Your state sucks. Uh, according to findagrave.com, only 434 webs are buried in Minnesota. Even less of a web achiever. Uh, which is even larger population with another gigantic number. 5,457,173. Jason and Miles Webb, the two most notorious procrastinators. Procreators. Procrastinators. <laughs> Not procrastinators. Procreators of the clan are there in the tiny village of making in Letcher County, where they rest in the same cemetery along with 132 other webs. Dude. That's crazy. That's uh that's one hell of a family reunion. Alright. Crazy. Uh it's probably more appropriate that you get the scientific-ish story that has to deal with geeky weird creatures. And this is the This is from bbc.com forward slash culture forward slash a bunch of other shit. 
Hello, Project Archivist listeners. It is at this time that I feel I need to say thank you if you are a regular subscriber and listener to our show. You see, what happens next is, if it hasn't happened already, the show begins to seriously go downhill and go off the rails. You see, Lobo attempts to read an article about where the original color purple comes from. I'll give you a hint, it's from snail's anuses, so you can kind of see the direction that we're going here. The real problem, however, is, is that once the record button is pressed, I have a hard time reading. Lobo, however, is usually very good at this. So what happens next is, the article is far, far longer, and a greater article than we actually thought it was. It's kind of like reading the epic of Gilgamesh, a Shakespearean play, and all four of the Lord of the Rings books compressed into one paragraph. Keep in mind, as you're listening to this, that I have edited it to actually make Lobo sound a little bit better. So grab some popcorn, give it a listen, and if you're still here at the end of the episode, just remember, we love you and thank you. Here we go. Tyrian Purple, the disgusting origins of the color purple, which at the time was the royal color. Take it away! Created from the desiccated glands of sea snails, the color purple has nevertheless come to define royalty. Kelly Grovier looks or at Oprah how Winfrey. the hue... Hmm? Or Oprah Winfrey. What? Never mind. Oh Go my ahead. god, dude, no. <laughs> dude, no. I like that, actually. That was a good movie. Sad. The hue shook off its of shook off its unexpected source. See, I'm rubbing off on you. Purple Wait is a minute, paradox. That sounds disgusting. Oh. <laughs> the contradiction of a color. We know this is written in England because they added a U in the word color. Associated since antiquity with regality, luxuriance, and the loftiness of intellectual and spiritual ideas, purple was, for many millennia, chiefly distilled from a dehydrated mucus gland of mollusks that lies just behind the rectum. You know how bad I would have messed that sentence up, and that was all entirely one sentence. (laughs) The bottom of the bottom feeders, the insulubious process, undertaken... Since the at least the 16th century BC and perhaps first in uh, what is that Phoenicia? Yep, sure. A name that means literally purple land was notoriously malodorous and required an impervious sniffer and a strong stomach. Though purple may have symbolized a higher order, it reeked of a lower order. <laughs> What the hell did you just read? Did you just grab a thesaurus off the shelf and throw a bunch of words together and said snails? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. More like this. The toxic color that comes from volcanoes, the racist message hidden in a masterpiece, and the color that means both life and death. I think those are just links that you're supposed to probably, but I felt like reading it anyway. Okay. It took tens of thousands of desiccated hypobronchial glands wrenched from the calcified coils of tiny uh, spiny murex sea snails before being dried and boiled the color even a single small swatch of fabric whose fiber long after staining retained the stench of the invertebrates marine excretions unlike other textile colors whose luster faded rapidly Tyrian purple, so-called for the Phoenician city that honed its harvesting, only intensified with weathering and wear, a miraculous quality that commands an exorbitant price exceeding the pigment weight in precious metals. Oof. So they would my favorite color now. So to put this in in, in dumb English terms, they would purple milk expansive. <laughs> purple they milked purple dye from snails' butt glands. Sort of. Okay. 
So sought after that was the color, which eventually became only a shade in which priests and kings, emperors and magistrates would enrobe themselves. Elaborate orange, orange. Yeah, dude. Well, look at who wore them. Origin myths emerged to explain the dye's predestined discovery. According to the second century Greek uh, grammarian Julius Pollux, purple was serendipitously sum, uh, stummed. Stu- stumbled across. I can't read stumbled, but I can read serendipity. I know you can read. You can read the- words in here that that <laughs> would put me to shame instantaneously. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Jeez. Stumbled across by the beachcombing dog of the demigod Heracles, the Roman god Hercules, who was on his way to the can noodle. Oh, to canoodle, can noodle. To canoodle. <laughs> Wow. And noodles with a knife in <laughs> when his four-legged friend uh, paused to gnaw at a sea snail on the seashore. Say that four times fast. I just shot Coca-Cola out my nose. <laughs> Snap pop. When the nymph saw the purple-stained muzzle of, uh, I'm going to say Hercules because that's the, uh, the uh, Greek god. Companion, she requested a garment of the same rich complexion. Portrayal of the scene depicted around 1636 by the 17th century Flemish master Peter Paul Rubens. Hercules' dog discovers purple dye, shows a hunky mythological hero kneeling to pat the head of a hound that has been chewing on snail's anus. Though Rubens whimsically oil uh, oil on panel painting erroneously depicts a spiral nautilus shell, rather than a prickly murex one. The work nevertheless corroborates the contention that purple, as a rancid dog's dinner of a hue, makes for an incongruous choice as a symbol of enduring majesty and power. This is the color that pretends to transcend the vulgar vagaries of this world, all that remain mired in its muck. I'm going to kill you. Imperial I'm so claw, sorry. The ancient Greek that... Re- Wait! I can read it. I can read it. <laughs> The, uh, in ancient Greece, the right to clad oneself in purgative purple was tightly controlled. I'm going to, dude, I am seriously going to shiv you. <laughs> controlled by legislation. The higher your social and political rank, the more extracted rectum mucus you could swaddle yourself in, according to the Roman historian Sodianus. Uh, King Ptolemy of, dude, I am going to kill you. Now, I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Mauritania uh, satorally discussed his cloak himself in purple on a visit to the emperor, emperor Caligula cost Ptolemy his life. Caligula interpreted the fashion statement as an act of imperial aggression and had his guest killed. Purple, it seems, was also to die for, literally. Oh, God. I can't do it. That the is color the purple should be provoked such uh, that the blood is perhaps <laughs> Unsurpassing in the bruising light of its own hemoglobin glimmer. Oh, God. The nearer the shade clotted to clotted blood that a manufacturer of the dye could manage to condense, the dearer his product. Given its invertebrate fecal inception, the putrid stench, and its proximity to the color of corporeal disease, uh, distress, it is surprising that purple should ever have emerged as a symbol of worldly might, let alone worldly dominion. Dude. I'm sorry. It was customary in old masters depictions of a heavenly of the heavenly host and of Mary and Christ himself, who is described in the book of Mark as laden by his uh, tormentors with purple clothes, lampooning his supposed status as king of the Jews to transfer the uh, 
remnants of royal authority to those taking charge of the hereafter. When seen through the lens of the dye's unsavoring forging, the purple road that seems forever to be slipping from the suspended physique of Christ in Michelangelo's dramatic fresco, The Last Judgment, which troubles the walls of the Vatican Sistine Chapel, can be understood as another tawdry layer of worldly trappings that the Messiah's second coming overcomes. This is the image of a purified humanity coming from coming out of its compromised shell. You're just reading it at this point now just to, just to do it as a personal challenge, aren't you? That, yes. You're, that you're not, no, nobody that's listening right now is actually listening Everybody's for the story. <laughs> Dude, purple was gross. Everybody knows it. In history, it was disgusting. And for some reason, it became that of it. Dude, that is an awesome picture. Oh, my God. Francis Bacon's 1953 study of Velasquez's portrait of Pope Innocent X replaces the Pope's red with Tyrian purple. Dude, that is terrifying. Mm-hmm. I need that picture. Anyway, Roe made me read this just because he's a dickhead. If you want to know no, more no, about I really, it, I really, go to <laughs> www.bbc.com forward slash culture forward slash so, story forward slash 20180801. No, 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 stop, stop. You really don't need to do that. Dude, it was okay. yes. I'm gonna let's, kill you. Let's just, I am straight up gonna shiv your ass. <laughs> I'm so Here sorry. I'm so sorry. The thing is, is purple's my favorite color. So uh, I know, I know. I, I under really under normal circumstances, I, know, I, I would know. find this is an interesting statement as yes, to the. But but th- dude, it's it's written like. <laughs> okay, dude, we're this done. is the let's stuff you break. read inside your head. Let's take a break. <laughs> okay. You think? Yeah, yeah. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol. These two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up. Strap in and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. Good evening, everybody, or morning or afternoon or whatever. My name is Adam. And I'm Matt. And we are Graveyard Tales. Now, if you like stories of ghosts, hauntings, the paranormal, preternatural, and the downright weird, and you enjoy a few laughs as well, then you should probably check us out. Find us anywhere you get your podcast. Come join our Facebook group at Graveyard Tales Podcast, or on Twitter at G-R-V-E-Y. Just go search Graveyard Tales. That would be easier. We look forward to seeing you in the graveyard. See you soon.
So moving along, um, we've only got a few more story, stories to cover because we've got crap we got to do. And at this point, everybody's probably dripping saliva out of their mouth and staring off into space <laughs> after dealing with purple slime anus juice. Um, <laughs> purple so ass. Let's move on to www.msn.com, and this is um, you're going to read this one. Nazi UFO toy discontinued. Yeah, Nazi UFO toy discontinued for historical inaccuracy. Me and you both want this. Yeah, and I wish to price. God I had bought it when I saw it at the store. Yeah, dude, it was, it was like thirty bucks then. It's um, it's a toy that it's a model kit that Ravel came out with. That's got the UFO, the Nazi Bell UFO. And uh, it's got a picture of it, like the box. It's got a picture of this thing flying through the air, blowing aircraft, you know, aircraft and bombers out of the sky. And I always just wanted to have it because I thought it was pretty cool. I've got a Lost in Space model myself. I used to do a lot of model building. Same. But um, yeah, and you've got the um, what you've got that um, that Revel one with the uh, the hot rod made with the Nazi helmet or something like that. What was that? I know you've got it. I remember seeing it when I was in your house. I had it. I don't. It's packed away now. That thing was badass. Yeah, it's a Picklehausen. It's the, yeah. uh, the, yeah. People who know what a Picklehausen is. Yeah. All right, anyways, read the article here. A UFO toy made to look like a piece of Nazi technology used in World War II has been discontinued. The toy, which is produced by German model manufacturers Revel GmbH, uh, was criticized for its inaccuracy and glorify, glorification of the Nazi regime. The item uh, has also been given the name the Haunbu Number 2 which is the name associated with the conspiracy theory about the secret development of the UFOs by the Nazis. The UFO was available on the German version of Amazon, where it was reportedly the bestseller in toy models. Really? The best stuff? According to the local, the toy is described as a round aircraft and the first object capable of flying in space. It also claims that the aircraft was not producing... Uh, was not produced during World War II, despite being initially tested in 1943. The product, which is decorated with the Third Reich logo, has been criticized by both the German Children's Protection Association and the Military History Museum in Dresden. Yeah, I was wondering about that because mm-hmm. they're very, very they're, touchy. Oh yeah, dude, I believe there's no swastikas on it, by the way. There's no, uh-huh. there's no, uh-huh. nothing like that on it because I believe the swastika is illegal. It's illegal. Yeah. Yeah, it's illegal. So but you can get a lot of trouble for it. Yeah, there. I, I met. It's not a, like here. Mm, I used to funny. work with a girl from Germany, and we were talking in passing, and I brought I brought up um, Nazis or something like that, and she got real touchy about it. And I immediately yeah. felt like an ass for doing that, you know, because we were just having a, a conversation. I brought something, and she just like stopped and looked at me, and I felt really like I mean, again, it was one of those times awkward. where I, I just felt yeah, I felt really awkward and bad. But uh, the, the idea that this is coming a joy a, a German toy company, and this is coming out of Germany. And it has references to that. It's really surprising. But go ahead. Jen Werner, a historian with the M- MHM, told the German newspaper Frankfurter Alchemin Zeitung. At the time of the technological impossible, uh, at the, that time, it was in- technologically impossible to build something like this. Eh. The fact that Revel's product's description fails to mention the aircraft never existed is risky in that people who buy it might actually believe the Nazis possessed superior technologies. They lost. We literally had a war and everyone was involved. Enthusiasts can use this as a strategy to cast doubt on what we know today about the National Socialism. 
In response, Revel agreed that with the historian and said that it is absolutely justified that it has been discontinued. A spokesperson from the company said the toy, it is, in fact, a legendary extraordinary aircraft which cannot be proven in terms of existence. Unfortunately, our product description does not adequately express this, and we apologize for that. They have also revealed that they will be conducting an investigation as to how the item was ever approved in the first place. I can understand. Re-release it, you know, just. Well, the thing is, is you can't. I don't want to say that this is. What's next? You know what I mean? I mean, what's next? Are you going to discontinue Bigfoot models because these nutty Christians say there's a division of Satan? Who would do that? Really? Who would do something like that? Dude, Really? Dude, Ken Ham has built a creationist museum. I, know, I don't think I we need to ask who. No, but I, it's just I, I I don't understand why they. If it was such a popular, I, what I one of the things I have no God, I'm I'm beginning to stumble over my words. Greed is a thing, and if this was yeah. the best selling model kit out there, I can't understand why they wouldn't just go back and rebrand it. Do you know? Uh, they, they, there's a way that they could reproduce this model kit. And just change the wording or something of it and put it back out on the market again. I'll bet it does come back out in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, but I mean, this is an embarrassing thing for them. So, But by the same token, I just can't see somebody sitting and going, okay, we made a whole lot of money out of this. We got to pull it back off and shelve it somewhere. And not Like even in America when they had those those toys, they were, they were uh, like a candy ball with the toy in the middle of it. And they pulled them back off. Kinder of eggs? Market. Yeah. Were, those are illegal here. <laughs> No, they came back out with them, but no, now the stuff the on the same. inside is is actually a piece of candy on the inside of it. Okay. They're not so, the same. But even still, it was like, all right, well, we still need to put this back out on the market. Let's just change it a little bit because it sold really, really well. Yeah, it's a lot. See, now, the Kinder Egg and the Kinder Egg that's available now, you're thinking of the Wonder Ball. The Wonder Ball is a round ball that has candy inside. The Kinder Egg was an egg that had a toy inside, and they have Kinder Eggs now but they're a plastic shell. One side has toys in it that you peel off, and the other side has candy in it. My Nonetheless, kids they re-released them because Ugh. they were a good seller. They just said, we'll change it up a little bit, and we'll put it back out of the market. Now, I get it. They're embarrassed about this. I can understand that. But it is still a cool toy because this is, this is one of those conspiracy theories. As you were saying off the air, we should rec- talk about a conspiracy theory. This kind of fits into that, but this is that big conspiracy theory about how the Russians were experimenting with UFOs and blah, Nazis. blah, blah. Nazis, not Russians. Yeah, the Russians. Nazis. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm still not awake. <laughs> Putin's going to kill trying. you. I'm trying. No, Steven Seagal is going to kill me. Oh, that's right. That's right. Never mind. My bad. <laughs> I don't know. I just have a feeling it's going to be re-released again. Oh, I, I'm sure. I hope so because I want it. See, I, now I there's want another, more. There's another model that looks exactly like this mm-hmm. that doesn't have any of the emblem on it. It's literally this. I have... The model that Revel makes a bunch of different models and then they put stickers on them to change them up. Yeah. There's another UFO that looks exactly like this. It's got green plastic and it has like like USS Mars or some nonsense on the outside. Yeah. So all you got to do is buy the stickers. Yeah, I probably wouldn't even put the stickers on it. I just want it because it looks no. like a UFO and I'm weird like that. Yeah, Here, I got a whole let's bunch move of on. Them. We'll keep debating this forever. We've already yeah. blown a good eight minutes into it. Oh, um, isn't that the idea? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Time Let's killer. move on to uh, to torture devices. This comes from www.medievality. Is that, that pronounced? Yeah, I guess so. M-E-D-I-E-V- Medievality. 
medievality. Okay, duh, words and stuff. <laughs> I like words. <laughs> this is the Judas Cradle. We haven't covered torture devices in quite some time. And, um, oh, this looks this rough. pretty I'll, bad. I'll just read it because it's very cringeworthy. Mm. The Judas Cradle, a terrible medieval torture where the victim would be placed on top of a pyramid-like seat. The victim's feet were tied to each other and the way in a way that moving one leg would force the other to move as well, increasing the pain. The triangular-shaped end of the Judas Cradle was inserted into the victim's anus or vagina. This torture could last, depending on some factors discussed below, anywhere from a few hours to complete days. Ugh! Death factors. The time it took for someone to die varied enormously with the individual to individual torturers would sometimes, oh my God, would sometimes oh. add weight to the victim's legs to increase the pain and hurry the victim's death. Other torturers would place oil on the device, which increased pain considerably. Actually, I would think, okay. Um, it forced device, it in faster. I, I guess so. The device was rarely, if at all, washed. Oh, if the victim oh, nice. did not die quickly enough or their painful uh, execution was interrupted, they would inevitably die from infection. Invariably, invariably, whatever. He spelt it wrong. I know. That's why I'm like, I already have a hard enough time reading words. Uh, the victim was sometimes uh, rocked. Oh, my God. Wow. So they would rock you back and forth on the thing. The victim uh. was sometimes rocked uh, or made fall. Made to fall. They, two isn't there. Again, this is horribly proper. written. I know. I should have picked a better article. You would think what? I would research a lot better. But hey, we know. Uh, or, uh, or made to morning. repeatedly fall repeatedly into the pyramid. This was done so torturers could acquire vital information from the victims. If he or she refused to talk, the torturer would then add more weight to the victim and make him or her to fall repeatedly on the vice. <laughs> the device <laughs> we, writing. Uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, they would basically have this pyramid, this three-sided pyramid, Hmm, Illuminati. They would put you on and they would tie Looks you like to the wall. It's like it's four-sided, like an actual pyramid. Well, the picture that's on here. Nah, no, there's three There's three legs. Mm. There could be four sides. There, there could be four sides to it. I'm not going to argue that. But the way the drawing is on here, they've got this guy tied up. He's tied to the wall. He looks like he's got Hellraiser hooks coming out of him with ropes. Yeah, he does. And he's got his feet tied up, and he's sitting on. He's, they've got the pyramid going up his rectum. Damn near killed him. Mm. And uh, they've got his feet tied up. And basically, they would sit you on top of this pyramid and just rock you around for a little bit. Ah. Uh, so, um, let's move on to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. www.unmyst3.com. The Mystery of the Iranian Salt Man. In 1993, miners in Duzluk salt mine near Hamzahil. And sure, I'm a happy bad you village. Read this. Dude, you're a jerk. Again. Villages in Zanjan province accidentally came across a mummified head. The head was very well preserved to the extent that his pierced ear was still holding the gold earring. That's a band, golden earring. The hair, beard, and mustache were reddish in color. And his impressive leather boot still contained part of his leg and foot. Yeesh. The local Zanjan branch of the Miris Fergurni Zanjan Culture Heritage Handicrafts and Ports Organization. That's a mouthful. Was called and they performed a they performed a rescue excavation and found three iron knives, a pair of short trousers made of wool. A silver needle, a sling, a leather rope, a grindstone, some pottery shards, 
patterned textile fragments, a few broken bones, and even a walnut. It seems out of place. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> it was found in the middle of a tunnel about 45 meters in length. The reason for the state of the long-dead human remains, the fact that their flesh failed to dissolve despite being buried for more than 1,500 years, is the salt, which served as a natural preservative. Think jerky. The remains of six people found on the site were soon dubbed the salt men due to the situation. The individual salt men have a few secrets of their own. For instance, the first salt man that was discovered had blood type B positive, and 3D imaging of his skull revealed fractures around his eyes and other damage that occurred before death by a hard blow to the head. Maybe sacrificial? His clothing, the impressive leather boot, and his gold earrings show a person of some rank. He didn't wear purple, though. The reason for his presence in the mine still remains a mystery. He was, was he murdered and dumped there, or was he mining salt and fell victim to a cave-in? In 2004, another salt miner found the remains of a second man, during archaeological archaeological excavations in 2005, the remains of another two well-preserved men were found. In 2006, the Iranian Cultural Heritage News Agency partnered with German Mining Museum in Bochum, Germany. In 2007, the University of Oxford and the Swiss University of Zurich for Don't thorough even try investigations. To say that word. Which one? <laughs> You'll see it when you get to it. Don't oh worry. God! The, sci <laughs> the scientific long-term project was started, uh, supported by the Deutsche Forschung Germanskraft (DFG) and British funds. Four corpses, during, including a teenager and a woman, are kept at the Archaeology <laughs> Museum. Solgari <laughs> House. God, in That's Zanth our mascot. <laughs> a sixth corp was found in excavation camp uh, campaign in 2010, was left in place at the salt mine. 300 pieces of fabric were found, some of which retained designs and dyes. Hmm, I wonder if there was purple in those dyes. I was questioning the validity of this website, but they actually go on to list their sources. Of course, oh, a lot yeah. of them is no, Wikipedia, is so, but they've got the Vintage News, the Ancient... Uh, stupid little Russian alien corpse they found that ended up being a chicken. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. All right, uh, let's move on to the last story so we can wrap this up. And I will attempt to read this. This one's coming from the New York Times. Archaeologists find 3,200-year-old cheese in Egyptian tomb, mm -hmm. which is great because they can take the cheese and dip it into the sludge that they pulled out of the sarcophagus. Uh, it smells about the same. Uh, a few years ago, a team of archaeologists, I said it, cleaning the sand, with, <laughs> cleaning sand from an ancient Egyptian tomb, discovered a group of broken jars, one of them containing a mysterious white substance. Cocaine! I was going to say, the team then immediately began snorting it. Wow. <laughs> uh, the team had guessed uh, as to what the material might be, but a new analysis published in the Journal of Analytical Chemistry offers an answer. What they found during the excavation was approximately 3,200-year-old piece of cheese, one of the oldest solid specimens discovered, aged cheddar. Uh, the, arche uh, the archaeologists suspected it was food. No kidding. Really? Wow. Well, you know. <laughs> I never would have who, it was used who, as a poultice for broken it's limbs. Amazing, like that people used cheese as a food at one time. Oh. 
Um, people, uh, dude, people use weird shit on things nowadays, man. According, yeah, no kidding. What was it, the story about how uh, for a while they thought that she that they were saying that cheese was made from wood or something like that? It was huh? like last year. Remember that big story going around that shredded cheese contained? Oh, um, it has cellulose in it to keep. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was made with wood it's pulp plant or fiber, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, the archaeologist suspected it was food. Here we go again. According to the conversation, uh, con- conservation method, not conversation method, conversation conser- method, Let's conservation talk about method cheese. and position of the, uh, of the finding inside the tomb. But we discovered it was cheese after the first test. Enrico, Enrico Greco, the lead author of the That's paper. name. Enrico Greco. Suave. Uh, Paper and research assistant at uh, Peking University in Beijing said in an email, the tomb in which the cheese was found belonged to Patamus, a high-ranking Egyptian (laughs) official of the 13th century BC and former mayor of the ancient city of Memphis. Uh, According to the paper, what? Memphis? I said Memphis, didn't I? (laughs) No, that's not what I'm talking about. What? What? Go, just go. <laughs> According to the paper, uh, his burial site was first unearthed in 1885, but was lost to shifting sands until rediscovered in 2010. The ancient cheese, which was sometimes included in feasts buried alongside wealthy Egyptians, was probably similar to the consistency of chave, chevre, whatever. I'm not a cheese aficionado, uh, but with a really, really acidity bite, according to Paul Kinstead, a professor at the University of Vermont who studied the chemistry and history of cheese. It would be a it would be in high moisture. It would be spreadable. He said it would not last long. It would spoil very quickly. So there is your answer to Egyptian brie cheese, which is three thousand two hundred years old. A lot more to this article. Oh my God! There is okay. Moving on. Hold on. Here we go. There's a lot more to this. <laughs> okay. Here we go. <clears throat> I can do this. <clears throat> yes, you can. It's not purple. It was then extracted from snails' anuses, and, and while oh, the on. sample retrieved by Doctor Grico's colleagues may be old, others have discovered traces of ancient cheese or yogurt. The two can be difficult to distinguish. That long predate even the recent finding of Doctor Kinstad said. Uh, other groups have done a lot of work with the with extracting lipid 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 resi- shut up <laughs> lipid, lipid residues fat residues from ancient pots being uh going back as far as 7000 bc god i can't wait to start doing interviews again in fact in 1942 <laughs> i should reread in fact in 1942 a team of researchers reported a finding not dissimilar to dr greco and his colleagues greco but- greco sure we'll call it greco dr Condestant pointed out in a journal article, they described finding a substance in ancient Egyptian jars that they suspected to be cheese dating back to 3200 BC. The samples they wrote had a smell and only dusty taste. No, no smell and only a dusty taste. They actually ate the shit. Uh, but even if the cheese Dr. Grico tested ain't the oldest ever found. <laughs> ain't. 
<laughs> the fighting stack out for another reason. I know I'm, I'm fading fast here. This coffee's just not doing the job. The application of state-of-the-art protein analysis. Oh, let's find the longest, most nonsensical articles that we can this week, people. As I say to my students every year when I go to Egypt, someone has to go ahead and analyze these residues for modern capabilities. I bet he says that. I would. I would like. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Dude, you've spoken to you've spoken to Doctor Coke, John. We know how they how people talk. Uh, this is a logical next step, I think, and you're going to see a lot more of this. We're going to find a lot more cheeses and tombs. So they'll probably the try seen? and make it. They'll probably try and make it by what the chemical analysis is. Well, yeah, they're trying to do that with beers now. That's the yeah. new thing in brewing is to like, let's see if we can find all these really old ancient recipes and beers and remake human beers. spit beer. Human spit beer. Yeah, that's one of the ones that I posted on the on the other page. Yeah, that's Rhett and Link, dude. <laughs> this uh. guy watched those guys all the time. Adventurous eaters be warned. The cheese may not be cursed, but the analysis found evidence of bacteria that causes what the hell is that? Brucellosis. Brucellosis, an infectious disease that can cause fevers, headaches, muscle pain, and other symptoms that can reoccur or never go away at all. I would not eat this cheese. I'm sure you could pasteurize it to be able to get rid of the bacteria, but whatever. No, but we could recreate it. Sure. So that would be interesting. I would... I do. I really am interested when they find these old things like this, and I would not drink the spit beer. However, why? But I, I'm not going to drink spit beer. That's like that vaginal beer that they just created a little while ago. It was yeah. Again, it, it's juice. heated to a point where it kills off any real horrible bacteria. I don't. So it's, it's like civet coffee. The coffee where the, the and you would drink that. I know you would. No, I would not. I would not drink yes, coffee made yes, with coffee beans that have gone through a cat's digestive tract. No, yeah, no, I would, would not. I know okay, would. so we know on the list so far, we've established my eating boundaries. I will not eat arachnid tacos, and I will not drink civet coffee. I will not drink vaginal beer, and I will not drink spit beer. I will not eat them, Sam. I, I will not eat green <laughs> eggs and ham. I will not do it in a boat. I do not. will not do it with a goat. Wow. I was waiting for you to do that. All right that. there, uh, Seuss. Oh, all right. Welcome to Rose Seussical. <laughs> Wow, we're at 21 minutes for this segment already. Would you, could you in a boat? How many people you think actually made it this far into the episode? Oh, no one. Dude, they Just, cashed no, out we've a got diehard time. fans that, that are, are going to sit through this show. Yeah, I know he will. I know Aaron he will. The other Aaron would have made it through, too. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Okay, uh, the next, we, we actually were supposed to have a guest next week. It was supposed to be, we were going to have a true crime guest. We may still be able to pull this off. No, it is not the guys from Dark Poutine. Though I did put a request for Dark Poutine to come on the show, and uh, they are the most requested guests that we've had lately. Everybody's like, get Dark Poutine on. It's a good get show. I'd like to get him on. I sent him a request on Twitter, and he hasn't gotten back with me yet. And I think he a will. couple of you guys uh, got to him on the Facebook page. So if you guys are out there, um, yeah, we'd like you to come on here. But anyhow, we, we were supposed to have a true crime author on next week. But me and you are in bad shape. Um, yep. Me and you have matching hernias. Yep. And you're going to be getting yours taken care of before I am. Probably. So you have to go to a doctor next week and get it checked out. And there is the possibility, which I don't think is going to happen that quickly, but there is the possibility that they might say, you need to get this taken care of right now. Well, if it's a, like I told you before, if it's if if the, if I go and see the specialist and he says it's emergent, then they'll take me right away. If not, yeah. then they'll set a date. And then the show might get wanky for a little bit because you're going to be on your ass for six weeks. What'll probably yeah, happen not, is I'm not going to be on my ass for six weeks. I, I don't lift anything when I'm reading. 
Yeah, but going up, what we've got umbilical hernias, which yep. is like right at your belly button. Yep. And from what I'm told, like going up steps and doing anything for at least the first week is bad. It's rough. See, Dr. So, Left said it takes three days. The first three days, you're going to be tender. Yeah. Things have changed a lot, man. Uh, I'm not looking like they don't to bring you in and they don't bring like some stone age guy in to just rip you open with his bare hands. Oh, great. Would that be? But um, you're probably going to die from this. But just in case. <laughs> so what will probably happen is the first week you'll be laid up and then by the second or third week you'll be losing your mind. And I expect our output will probably increase dramatically just out of pure boredom on your end. Yeah. Oh. So, and that'll be what happens when I get mine done. It'll be like, OK, um, I'm not going to do anything here for the next week or so. And then after that, I'll start losing my mind. And then I'll start mm-hmm. being like, I need to record stuff. I need to produce stuff. So next week is kind of up in the air and depending if you get the surgery or when you get the surgery, we'll just go from there. So you, you may or may not be absent for the show for a little while. And then we'll see. you'll be, you'll hear all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, I think that's pretty much it. I don't got too much else to, uh, go over. Cause again, we weren't even sure we were going to do a show this week. I just didn't book a guest. I, mm. I did ask the guys from dark poutine. They didn't get back with me, but I've got so many freaking books here. Got a bunch got. of books to read. I do, but I've also got a, I've got an interview. I got to book an interview with Keith Gave, which there's a there's a hockey oriented show coming up, which you're probably not going to be part of. And this probably guy, not. Keith Gave wrote a book called The Russian Five, and it's all about how way way back in the day, the Detroit Red Wings sent this guy over to Russia to smuggle five Russian hockey players out. Um, and if you're a hockey fan, you're going to know all about these guys, anyways. And it's not it's not paranormal like that, but it, when you read this book, it reads like a Russian espionage spy novel, the junk they had to go through to get these guys smuggled out of Russia and over to the United States mm. to play for the Detroit Red Wings. And I was and the guy that did it uh, used to write for the Detroit Free Press, and he was a former CIA operative. So there's there's tie-ins to kind of stuff that we talk about in here, and I just found the book so fascinating. So I got to get this guy on the show to talk about at least how they smuggled at least one of these Red Wings out of Russia to come and play for the Detroit Red Wings. So that's in the works, and I've got all kinds of other stuff in the works. Um, Kelly Bonanski is Bonanski. I keep wanting to say Bonanski. I know. Bonansky. But Kelly is going to be returning back to the show. She wants to hopefully get evolve Andrew on, too. Yeah, Andrew is going to be coming back here um, from uh, Beast of Brit- uh, Beasts of Britain. Is that what it is? No. Was it? Well, that's one of them. Yeah. 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 There's a couple of different Andrews that we've got that are associated with us. It's the same way that we know 17 different errands. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. And we have apparently we're, we're really sprouting over. We're, there's two things that we sprouted big in this week. For whatever reason, Scottish listeners increased. I met a really, really cool person on Twitter from Scotland. Cool. Uh, so we've got a more, much more Scots listening to the show. And I posted this meme up earlier this week that had to deal with a, uh, a Ouija board drawn on a napkin. And the planchette was a Dorito. And there were a couple of kids <laughs> holding it. So wrong. And I posted that, and then for whatever reason, that started to trend on Twitter, and it trended really big in the gay community. So now we have a whole bunch of new gay listeners that are here for the show. Cool. 
or at least were until they listened to this episode. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> like, welcome. oh my God, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> Forget these dudes. And then somebody else, I believe it was our new Scottish listener, our old school Scottish listener, referred us over to somebody who was listening to Mysterious Universe and said, yeah, but they take things too seriously. And then the other person was like, well, maybe you should give that Project Archivist a listen. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa, hold whoa, on. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Easy. We, we might not be where you want to go because we are some of the smarmiest people that are out there. Eh, but anyways. I don't know if we're the smarmiest, but uh, yeah, dude, Andrew Gable, his show, the uh, Oh, that Forgot Andrew, yeah. Darkness. Yeah, dude, that's a good show. He's coming a long way. Yeah. He's coming a long way, real long way. But he's simply a matter of saying, are you free on this Saturday? And he'll probably do it, I'm sure. Right. Which, um, you know, I should book that up here in the next couple of weeks. All right. Anyways, um, yeah, let's call it good because um, I'm fading fast. My nose is plugging up really badly. And oh. uh, at this point, we've babbled incessantly. So uh, <laughs> this is Ro. Peace out from Detroit. This is Lobo from Connecticut. Snail anus. Oh, I was going to no. say, everybody, please look out for Soraya. But I guess I can't follow it up for that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Peace, folks. Bye-bye.